What's up, guys? Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Thursday, March 14th. As always, we're presented by D's Home Cuts. I'm your host, Travis Karczewski. This is our 100th episode today. Uh, we've come a long way from our first episode. We had our year um, anniversary last week. So go ahead and listen to that. That was last Thursday's episode. But this is our 100th episode. Uh, so enjoy. The year is 2017. The date? December 7th. The Cleveland Browns just lost another football game versus the Chargers by a score of 19 to 10. The Browns fall to 0 and 12. Because of that, the Browns decide to fire general manager Sashi Brown. On December 7th, they hire a man by the name of John Dorsey. John Dorsey comes from the Chiefs. He just got fired. Um, the Giants were highly interested in signing John Dorsey to their general manager position, but the Browns were able to snap it up pretty quickly. But fast forward a couple of weeks, and the Browns would end their season 0-16 on December 31st, 2017. Now, fast forward about two years later, we have Browns fans talking about the Super Bowl and how they're going to win the Super Bowl, and how they have the best offense in the NFL. How did they do that? How is that possible? We're going to help break that down for you right now. We'll start with the move that set the NFL um, landscape into disarray late, no, not late, Wednesday night. The Browns traded... For Odell Beckham Jr., one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, they traded for him a first, a third, and and safety Jabril Peppers. Now the Browns' offense is compiled up of Odell, Jarvis Landry, Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, David Njoku. That is arguably the best collection of offensive weapon, offensive talent around the league. Their defense is pretty stout too, so we can't deny that that this team on paper is one of the best rosters in the nfl we're going to go through we're going to wrap up free agency and then i'm going to tell you why browns fans need to kind of take a step back not freak out as much and just take a step back take a deep breath and you know look at this from an outside perspective all right so we're going to talk about that in a little bit first of all i wanted to wish wish you guys a happy new year the nfl new year took place yesterday wednesday at four o'clock this officially makes all deals all trades official the joe flacco trade went through the odell trade went through all in all every free agent move becomes official teams can start announcing players that they've signed it's Basically, one of those things that where free agency starts, um, and we put starts in quotation marks because every free agent is pretty much signed. All the big name free agents are pretty much signed up. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to go through every single one uh, that has been uh, going on, and we'll tell you everything that every guy who has been signed. But we'll start with um, the big move that went down on Tuesday, some of the moves that went down on Tuesday morning after I recorded the show, Sheldon Richardson signed a three-year deal with the Browns. Uh, I We didn't predict this, but this is a good deal for the Browns. They're going to fortify that defensive line for the next couple of years. Um, 
he started, I mean, he's had 89 games in his career, and he's started 87 of them. So he's a very durable player. He's kind of fallen off a little bit with the with the uh, Jets, and then he got cut and signed by the Vikings, where he didn't have a fantastic year, but he had a solid year. And this is just going to fortify that defensive line. And then we'll go to my Packers. The Packers on Tuesday morning, I called out to him. Why haven't they signed anybody? On Monday night, early Tuesday morning, I said, why haven't they signed anybody? They need to start making some moves. This is ridiculous. Um, it's just another Ted Thompson era all over again. Gutenkeis heard my warnings, heard my problems, heard my my uh, anger, and he signed four starters. He went out there on Thursday and signed four starting uh, players for this Packer roster. We'll start with the first one. This is a Darius Smith was signed from the Ravens. He's a pass rusher, linebacker from the Ravens. Uh, very young, 26 years old, I believe. Coming out of Kentucky, he wasn't a high pick. Nobody really expected much for him from him, but he has been uh, everything and more for the Ravens coming out of a fourth-round pick in 2015. He started. He's only started about 16 games in his career because of that Ravens defense is so stacked with talent. But he had eight and a half sacks last year, and you pair him alongside the next guy we signed, who was Preston Smith from the 49ers. Preston Smith is also only 26. He started 16 games the last three seasons, so he's a durable player. Second-round pick in 2015, he's had 24 and a half career sacks. He was one of the top remaining pass rushers available, and the Packers went out and got him. So now you pair Zadarius Smith with Preston Smith. You got that Smith combo. Kyle Fackrell, who had about eight sacks, I believe, last year. You got him now at that third offensive line, outside linebacker spot. Sorry about that. And now you got a pretty good pass rushing combo with the Packers. Do I expect him to go out there? And if there's a good pass rusher available at 12 to pick him, I could see that. You know, you can never have enough pass rushers in the NFL. And Preston and Zadarius aren't guaranteed to go out there and really set the NFL on fire. But now you got two good, solid pass rushers for Brian, uh, Mike Pettin to work with, and I think Pettin's going to have a great time working with both of those guys. Then we went out and signed Adrian Amos from the Bears. Amos is, I believe, a pretty high pick coming out of Penn State. Uh, he has played almost everywhere with the Bears. He can do everything. He's kind of a do-it-all safety. Uh, Fifth-round pick of 2015 from the Bears, and he's been a starter since his rookie season. Only 25 years old. He's young. He can hit. He has great ball skills he can cover. Bears fans were talking crap, saying he's just a product of Vic Fangio's system. I don't believe that's true, but we'll see. But again, all this does is sure up that back end for the Packers. And then they went out and they signed Billy Turner, offensive lineman from the Broncos. He's a switch guy, versatile. can play guard or tackle wherever you want him to play. You're going to plug him in at that right guard spot. Great move for the Packers. Uh, they usually do not make moves like this. If you know the Packers, if you know the Ted Thompson era, uh, you believe the Packers are just one of those teams who's fine with the current roster and they fall under that draft and develop type of system that the Patriots sort of fall under um, as well. It's worked the first couple of years in Ted Thompson re regime. We found some great players in the draft and things you know, worked out for us. But when you, when you have one or two bad draft classes... The cover gets pretty empty pretty quickly, and it's the roster looks pretty depleted, like the Packers has, like the Packers roster has been the last couple of years. But it's a new regime in, in uh, Green Bay. 
Brian Gutenkeis is here. He's no longer falling under just that draft and develop system. I believe he's going to draft very well in this upcoming draft. He had a pretty decent draft class his first year in Green Bay. But we'll see what happens because he now, you know, he went out there. He, you know, did everything he could. He pretty much set the league on notice saying, you know, the Packers are no longer this team that's just going to hide through the draft and just add players through the draft and undrafted free agents. He's going to go out there and sign guys who are helpful to his team. Uh, and, you know, every single guy he signed out of those four guys are not, none of those guys are over 27 years old. He signed young, prime free agents who are going to make an impact now that they got some serious playing time. So good deal for the Packers. We'll go through some other uh, some of these other moves. Deshaun Gibson was signed by the Texans. He's only 28 years old, three seasons as a starter with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, after Tyron Matthew left, the uh, Texans had a hold at safety, and Deshaun Gibson is going to fill that hole. Thomas Davis signed a contract with the Chargers. Uh, he's only he's 36 years old, 14 seasons in the NFL. He started 158 games, which is but if you know Thomas Davis, he's had one of the most remarkable careers of any NFL player in the past couple of years. After tearing his ACL a couple times, most people thought Thomas Davis's career would be over, but he has bounced back in a big way, making the Pro Bowl the last couple of years. Um, and now he goes to the Chargers where he can kind of help that young defense uh, grow up a little bit. Jordan Hicks signed with the Cardinals. Four years, $36 million. Uh, you know, that linebacking core for the Cardinals is looking pretty good right now with the signing of Terrell, Sp- Terrell Suggs. He's been with the Eagles the last couple of years, uh, fourth-round pick, third-round pick in 2015, and he's been an impact player ever since. Good signing for the Cardinals. Latavius Murray signed with the Saints, uh, four-year, $14 million contract, and with Mark Ingram going to the Ravens, uh, he's going to replace Mark Ingram, hopefully, alongside uh, Alvin Kamara, and he's going to be you know, that, sort of that backup running back behind him. He was that to Dalvin Cook. He has never really had a shot to start in the NFL, but I think he likes that secondary back market. Uh, so a good signing for them uh, for the Saints to replace Mark Ingram. Now the Bills, they're giving uh, my boy Josh Allen some pretty good weapons right now. They signed Cole Beasley to a four-year deal, and they signed John Brown to a three-year deal. Both of those guys are looked at as kind of small. Both of those guys are looked at as sort of small, uh, speed-based wide receivers, not really tall possession wide receivers, which I think Josh Allen needs more of. Uh, but at the end of the day, those are three, two, sorry, good, solid weapons for Josh Allen to work with. Cole Beasley is a very underrated, underrated wide receiver. He has just been producing with the Cowboys. Same with John Brown. I think both those guys are underrated. Uh, And I think they'll do well for the Bills. It's not a deep wide receiver free agent market. You have to go out there and get what you can get. And definitely the Bills needed some talent on the outside and in the inside of the slot receiver position. Because if you think about it, you really can't name a a Bills wide receiver. You know, at at the beginning of the season, their best weapon was Kelvin Benjamin which I don't even have to explain that. If you know anything about football, you know how bad Kelvin Benjamin actually is. And they traded him to the Chiefs, so they don't even have him anymore. Uh, They had somebody from Alabama sort of produce last year, but they just need some talent with the wide receiver core, and they picked that up 
through free agency, I think you now go out there in the draft and you draft a big possession wide receiver like uh, Hakeem Butler from Iowa State, I believe he's from. Somebody tall, somebody big. You pair him alongside John Brown and Cole Beasley, and that's a pretty formidable uh, wide receiver core that you could use for Josh Allen, who could use a lot of talent there. Next, you go to uh, the Texans. They signed Bradley Roby out of Ohio State. One year, $10 million. Roby's only 26 years old. First round pick in 2014. He was okay. He was never, like, amazing there. He wasn't a first round pick amazing. He was decent. But he's going to now, he's going to go to the Texans and try to fix that defensive back core, which has been riddled through free agency this year. I mean, they cut Kevin Johnson, they, they lost Kareem Jackson, and now they lost Tyron Matthew. Uh, so Deshaun Gibson and Bradley Roby are going to look to fix up that defensive back core. And, you know, maybe a fresh start will be good for Bradley Roby. Then Roger Saffold signed a four-year, $44 million contract with the Titans. That Titans offensive line. It's coming together right now. Uh, Saffold's probably going to play on the left side with Taylor Lewan. Uh, and then you got that right side. Uh, who's the tackle there? Is it Conkle is the tackle on the right side, which is a pretty good offensive line altogether for Marcus Mariota. And they signed uh, – uh, who'd they sign? That wide receiver. They signed a wide receiver. We talked about Adam Humphrey. So now they got a pretty decent offense there, some good weapons around for Marcus Mariota. I mean, the, the clock's ticking on Mariota. Uh, I don't know how much longer he's going to be the, the quarterback of the tit- Titans. Uh, but this is a good season for him to prove it. He's going to have some good weapons around him. Then Matt Prattis signed a three-year, $27 million contract with the Panthers. Spent the last four seasons with the Broncos as their starting center. Probably the top offensive lineman available out of this year's free agency class. He's going to re- replace uh, Ryan Khalil, which is a pretty good replacement for Khalil. And... Uh, you know, it's a good signing for him. Good signing for the Panthers. Going to protect uh, my guy Cam Newton. Then Deion Buchanan signed a one-year contract with the t- uh, Buccaneers. 26 years old. A safety. I believe he was a first-round pick with the Cardinals in 2014. Picked by Bruce Arians, the new uh, Buccaneers head coach. He was one of those guys who was quickly transitioned to linebacker. Kind of a Mark Barron type of safety. One of the first guys to actually do it. He's going to get a free, um, not a free, a fresh start with the Buccaneers. He's going to reunite back with Bruce Arians. Some familiarity there. He hasn't really done that much over the last couple of seasons. But good signing for them. I think uh, Bruce Arians knows how to coach this guy. And I think he'll get, get some of the best football out of him. And then Cradell Patterson signed a two-year, $10 million contract with the Bears. Good deal for the Bears. Because Cradell Patterson... I mean, he sort of revived his career last year. What people don't know about Cordero Patterson is he is a very good player when he has the ball in his hands. The trouble is he's not the best wide receiver. Um, He can't catch that well, but he is just fantastic with the ball in his hands. I think Matt Nagy is going to have a lot of fun working with Cordero Patterson like Bill Belichick did. You know, Belichick tried him out at running back a couple times and actually worked really well for him. Uh, and he's just a fantastic kickoff and punt returner. So, good signing for the Bears. I wish the Packers would have gotten him, but I'm not sure how creative we would have been with him. Uh, hopefully, you know, he's a, he killed us this year versus the Patriots. Uh, that's the game they moved him to running back. That was the Monday night game, Monday or Sunday night game. And he just slashed us over and over again. Um, so, hopefully, 
I mean, he's been known as a Packer killer the last couple of years. He returned like a 110-yard kickoff his rookie year versus us. I mean, he's, I don't know. I, I hope the Bears screw it up. I think they'll screw it up in some way, but Cordero Patterson to the Bears. Uh, then Cameron Wake signed a three-year, $23 million contract with the Dal- with the Titans. Again, the Titans are improving their roster a lot right now. Uh, he's 37 years old, 10-year career. All of it has been spent with the Dolphins. But even though he's 37, he's kind of like that James Harrison type of player. He doesn't age, it seems like. He just consistently goes out there. He's huge. He looks so big. He's an intimidating force along that defensive line. And now he's going to go to the Dol- to the uh, Titans where he's going to get a fresh start there. And I think he's going to help that uh, young Titans defense sort of come together a little bit more. So good signing for them. Uh, we'll talk about D Ford in a second. Le'Veon Bell signed a four-year, $52.5 million contract with the New York Jets. This is a situation where Le'Veon wanted to go somewhere with the most money, where he can make the most money. And with the Anthony Barr situation playing out the way he did, uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. It made sense that the Jets could offer the most money because with Anthony Barr leaving the Jets and not signing the contract, he was able to get more money out of the New York Jets. And it was coming out of the wire. Supposedly, the Jets gave him ultimatum. If he doesn't sign by this time, they're going to pull the contract. At the end of the day, I mean, I'm not even an NFL player, and I'm not even scared by the Jets. If the Jets gave me an ultimatum, I'd probably just laugh in their face because... Like, what would have happened if the Jets would have pulled their offer and then, like, an hour after they pulled their offer, Le'Veon said he was interested? The Jets have had such a bad history at running back the last couple of years that they would have signed him no matter what happened. So it's not really scary for him. I'm pretty sure that ultimatum did nothing for him. But he's going to the Jets. I think a lot of people expected him to go to the Jets. He's going to, you know... Sit right there with Sam Darnold, Robbie Anderson. It's a pretty good offense now. It's not great, but Sam Darnold's going to, again, have no excuses this year. He's going to have to go out there. They signed. Um, oh, who's that receiver they signed? They signed a receiver this offseason. We talked about it on the last show. Uh, they signed Jameson Crowder. So Crowder, you know, Crowder, Le'Veon Bell. Sam Darnold, that offensive line's getting there a little bit. They got the Raiders guys. So, I mean, this is a pretty good offense for Sam Darnold to work with. So, I don't want to hear any excuses out of Jets fans this year or Sam Darnold. This is going to be a big season for him to prove himself. Then, uh, the Ravens kind of got some revenge. They've been losing a lot of defensive players. But they signed Earl Thomas to a four-year, $55 million contract. 30 years old, coming off a broken leg, uh, I believe. Um, he has been outstanding for the last nine seasons with the Seahawks. Uh, yeah, he broke his leg for the second time in three years last year. He's going to be paired alongside Tony Jefferson. You know, Eric Weddle left. The Ravens defensive backcourt is pretty good with Jimmy, Jimmy Smith, Marlon Humphrey, um, and Brandon Carr. So that's a pretty good defensive backcourt, and you have to be good now in a, in a division that features A.J. Green, uh, Juju Smith, Odell and Jarvis Landry you have to have a good defensive back core and I think now the Ravens have the best one in the NFC AFC North so 
We'll see what happens there. And then, obviously, we talked about Mark Ingram. He signed with the Ravens as well. Uh, Three-year, $15 million contract. He's going to be the primary bell cow there. I think he's 29 years old. I think he's sort of tired of being the complimentary back to Alvin Kamara. I don't think that relationship is fractured in any way, but I think he's tired of being, you know, the second guy to Alvin Kamara. And now he's going to be, you know, the main guy there with the Ravens, who are now going to be a primarily running system, running offense. And signing Mark Ingram, he's the best running back that they've had there in the last couple of years. Uh, so it's a good signing for all of them. Next. Adrian Peterson signed back with the Redskins, two-year, $8 million, 24 years old, one of the best running backs of all time, had a pretty good year with the Redskins since Geis went out. Uh, I'm not really sure what the Redskins are going to do with Geis, but I think this is going to be a pretty much uh, a running offense because their quarterback is Case Keenum and they don't have much on the outside with wide receivers. So I think it's going to be pretty much of a running system. And Adrian Peterson and Geis are going to work as a one-two combo from there. And Geis can learn from Peterson for the next couple of uh, years now. Tyrod Taylor signed a two-year contract with the Chargers. Was supposed to be the starter with the Browns. Ended up being the backup to Baker Mayfield, rightfully so. He's going to be the backup for Phillip Rivers. Uh, Instant upgrade over Geno Smith, who was the backup there last couple of seasons. I was surprised he signed with the Chargers, though, because I feel like he could have went to the Dolphins and gotten a, start, gotten a starting gig with them. But maybe, you know, he is... How old is he? Um, I'm not really sure how old he is. But maybe he'll be... Oh, I'm going to Google how old Tyrod Taylor is. Maybe he'll be, you know, old enough to be the uh, apparent heir apparent to... Uh, Philip Rivers, sorry, it's hard to Google and uh, and podcast, but we'll get it done here. 29 years old, so he's a little bit younger. I don't expect the Chargers. I think he's going to be the uh, starter for the next couple of years once Philip Rivers leaves, but it's a good signing for them. Uh, I think he's a big upgrade over Philip Rivers. Then Tyrell Williams signed a deal with the Raiders, 27 years old, had a 1,000-yard receiving uh, year for the Chargers in 2016. Uh, he only had about 700 yards receiving this year, but that was with Mike Williams coming back. He bounced back, Keenan Allen, Travis Benjamin, so a pretty crowded wide receiver room for him to work with. He's now going to be the number two guy opposite Antonio Brown. That's worked out well for guys in the past. Guys like Martavius Bryant, guys like Juju Smith have experienced success working as the number two with Antonio Brown. And now you put Jordy Nelson right there, too, as the number three if they don't release him. Good signing for the Raiders. I mean, people need to take notice about the, what the Raiders are doing right now. They got Antonio Brown. They got uh, a couple other guys, too, and Tyrell Williams. The Raiders are coming up. Mike Mack has done a fantastic job, and now he is going to be uh, coming to the draft with still all of his first-round picks and all his second-round picks. So good signing for them. Seahawks signed a kicker. First kicker news. I love talking kicker news. They signed Jason Meyer from the Jets. Pro Bowler last year in the AFC. Didn't want to come back with the Jets. Uh, Looks like Janikowski and Blair Walsh, uh, who have been there the last couple of years, just haven't been getting the job done. Uh, So they're going to go out there. They're going to pay the money to get a good, solid kicker. You can't pay enough for a good kicker. Good kickers are rare in the NFL. Uh, and one and once one gets out there on the market, you're going to want to snap him up as quickly as possible. 
Then Telvin Coleman, uh, last two, signed with the 49ers. Two years, $10 million. I was surprised he signed there. You would think Tevin Coleman would want to be the bell cow somewhere, somewhere he's the main guy, but now he goes into a crowded running backs room with Matt Breida and Jarek McKinnon, who tore his ACL last year. Uh, maybe they want a little bit more depth there. I don't know what their plan is, but good signing for him. He's a good running back. He's been there for the last couple of years with the, with the Falcons, and he's played well in that second role. Then last one, Dante Moncrief, late last night, signed a deal to your contract with the Steelers. Uh, he didn't have that great of a year with the Jaguars, but he was a big deal uh, in the free agent class last year. Uh, he's going to be that number two outside Juju. So he's going to have to make some plays because Juju's going to experience a lot of double coverage. Uh, if James Washington can't you know, rise up, can't take a next step, Moncrief's that next guy. So some other NFL news. Eric Berry signed, was released by the Chiefs. He spent nine years with the uh, Chiefs, five-time Pro Bowl or three-time All-Pro, one of the most uh, respected guys in the NFL. If you remember, he bat- he's been battling cancer cancer since 2015. He beat it, tore his Achilles in 2017, just consistently being uh, ha- having to work from some health issues, work back from that. But he has just been the class of the NFL, a Chiefs all-time great. But with Tyron Matthew, it became, you know, sort of hard to keep all of them and pay all of them. Uh, so he's going to be – he instantly goes to being the number one safety on the market. But I tell you guys again, over and over again, it's tough for guys to come back after an Achilles injury and play the same. Uh, so I don't think he's going to be the Eric Bear we're used to. But he's still a solid safety and a good mentor to younger safeties. Next, we'll talk some trades here. D. Ford was traded to the Chiefs for a second-round pick. D. Ford finally bounced back in 2018 after being a first-round pick uh, in 2015, I believe. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. They franchise-tagged him, the Chiefs, but they didn't want to pay him, uh, so they traded him to the 49ers. The Packers were interested in him, but with the signing of Zedarius and Preston Smith, I, I think that kind of came sort of a back burner type of deal. They didn't want to pay him. Nobody really wants to pay him because when a guy just produces in his contract year, you know, you're, you are a little weary of what he's going to do, you know, once you sign him to a big long term deal. So D Ford to the uh, uh, 49ers. Sorry. Anthony Barr will wrap that up, and then I want to talk a little Browns fans. I want to talk directly to the Browns fans. Uh, D. Ford, I mean, Anthony Barr signed that big deal with the Jets. We reported it Tuesday show. As soon as we reported it, about three to four hours later, he we learned that he backed out and re-signed with the Vikings. Not sure why he did that. Maybe it was because of C.J. Mosley signing with the Jets. I'm not sure. Uh, reported that he got physically ill. When he started to really think about it, I mean, I'd get physically ill if I'm signing with the Jets as well. Um, And he decided to back out of that deal. Maybe he just loves Minnesota that much. But it's just good for me because now Minnesota has more cap issues in the future, um, which I love. But let's talk directly to the Cleveland Browns fans. Again, you've got Odell Beckham. You've got Olivier Vernon. You signed Demetrius Harris from the Chiefs. Two-year deal, good tight end for them. But I want to talk to Browns fans, all right? I want you, if you're a Browns fan, 
you've probably been hyperventilating the last three, four days now, last two days especially with Odell. I want you to take a deep breath. I want you to realize that, yeah, this is an exciting time for Cleveland, but you need to take a step back. What the Browns now have, I mean, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer. I like the Browns. I've grown up around Cleveland my whole life. Uh, I've experienced the sadness the Browns have experienced, and I know how hard it is to being a Browns fan. Uh, Well, I guess I don't because I'm not a Browns fan, but I'm a Packer fan, and it's almost harder to be a Packer fan than it is to be a Browns fan. But I want you guys to take a step back, take a deep breath, and realize what you have right now. Yeah, you have Baker Mayfield, you have Nick Chubb, you have Kareem Hunt, you have Odell, you have Jarvis Landry. You have David Njoku as well. But let's break down this offensive talent. Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield have played one season in the NFL. They could regress. Odell Beckham was traded from the Giants because he was a little bit of a head case. You don't trade a star receiver like that unless you're having problems in the locker room uh, and problems with his leadership. Again, I think Odell's uh, media perspective, um, not perspective, narrative that's been played in the media is that of being a diva wide receiver who is just difficult to play with. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think Odell is a fine young receiver, a fine young re- leader in a locker room. I think his emotions are worn on his sleeve. But, I mean, come on, Browns fans. We've seen the problems over the years. We've seen it watching the games. He's had multiple outbursts on the sidelines. He's like Antonio Brown. He's going to want to get paid uh, high, big-time receiver money, which he's deserved. Um, but again, he's a head case. Then you got Kareem Hunt, who hasn't played football in over a year. You got Freddie Kitchens, who's a first-time head coach. John Dorsey's a great GM, but again, he's not a perfect GM. He did get fired by the Chiefs. John Dorsey, I think, I like John Dorsey a lot. I think he's a great GM. He is a rebuilding GM. Anybody could have gone to the Browns and done some fantastic things with the type of capital that Sashi Brown acquired. I think Sashi Brown should be looked at as more of a savior than John Dorsey because it's very hard to screw up a rebuild with that type of capital and cap space that they had. John Dorsey's biggest problem, though, is once he rebuilds, he has trouble maintaining that. If you look at some of the deals he did with the Chiefs, he signed Dwayne Bowe to a $56 million contract, and he let Emmanuel Sanders walk. He is not a perfect GM. John Dorsey let Emmanuel Sanders, one of the best young wide receivers in the NFL now, walk. And he signed Dwayne Bowe to a $56 million contract extension. He also uh, drafted D. Ford. D. Ford didn't really progress for the first couple of seasons he was there. And finally, the one season that he does show out is the contract year. Uh, And honestly, I've heard reports that he wasn't even that big on Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I've heard that John Dorsey didn't even talk to Patrick Mahomes. That Andy Reid and uh, the new guy they got there now, Brett. uh, Again, we're going to Google Chiefs General Manager. uh, It's Brett. Veach. Brett Veach and uh, Andy Reid were the only people that actually talked to um, Pat Mahomes during that draft process. Again, John Dorsey picked him, but he has problems signing players uh, and keeping those players uh, to good deals and good contracts. For a bunch of years, the Chiefs were one of the worst teams in terms of salary cap. 
they have been one of the top teams in terms of dead cap over the last couple of years. They were constantly letting players go, and that was costing them millions of dollars against the caps, and you just can't afford that in the NFL. Now, they have a, they're, they have a good situation right now where you have Baker Mayfield on a rookie deal, um, and you're going to be sort of that Rams uh, and Bears type of team. You're going to want to you know, try to win the Super Bowl within the next couple of years because once those contracts start to fall, once you have to sign a guy like Baker Mayfield and Miles Garrett, who right there, that's going to take up about 20 to 25% of your cap space for the next couple of years, signing those two guys. So it's going to be difficult. But again, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be excited. I would be excited for Browns fans. I'm excited for you. But just take a step back, guys. Browns fans, I've mul- I've been said I've been on this multiple times on the show. Maybe not even on the show, but I've said it on the show a couple times. Browns fans, when they are winning, are one of the most annoying fan bases in the NFL. I'm just saying that right now. Again, no disrespect to you guys. The Cowboys are probably the most annoying fan base in the NFL right now, and that's that's not going to change. That's not going to change from the last couple of seasons, but it's a possibility. I've said multiple times that the Browns, Cleveland fans in general, are sleeping giants. People have said that multiple times about Cleveland and its sports fans. When a team in Cleveland starts winning, the fans really show out. The problem is not a lot of the teams in Cleveland haven't had a great, long, uh, rich history of success. I mean, the Indians are probably the most successful team in Cleveland over the past you know 30 years. But when a team in Cleveland starts to win, the fans really show out. They're passionate, they are loud, and they are annoying. Uh, maybe it's just because I'm an Indians fan that I've been able to tolerate the last couple of years. But it's been tough with the Cavs fans. And now I think Cleveland's a pure football blue-collar type of town, and now that they're going to have a winning team, I fully believe they will, it's just going to get really, really annoying really, really quickly, but I guess they deserve that, you know, now that I'm talking myself through it, they deserve it more than uh, any fan base in the NFL, really, except the Packers, we've had it harder, but they deserve it, so Good luck to Browns fans. Good luck to the Browns. I think this is finally their time to shine, and it's going to be an exciting couple of years now with Cleveland. you got about three, four years to win a Super Bowl before John Dorsey starts to screw up your cap space. But we'll see what happens. But we're going to move on. Uh, but don't worry about it, Browns fans. I think you're going to be fine the next couple of seasons. Uh, you're going to have a lot of success, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Speaking of things that are a lot of fun, D's Home Cuts, the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low price. Uh, Dom at D's Home Cuts, the D and D's, D's Home Cuts, Dom Drockton. Been on the show multiple times, close personal friend of ours. But let, let me tell you guys, Dom does a fantastic job. It's only $7, the cheapest haircut you'll ever buy, uh, the cheapest haircut you'll ever spend your money on. You don't have to tip. Because, well, you could if you want to slide my guy down a couple extra bucks. But it's all going directly to Dom. Help a struggling college student out um, and uh, go check him out. Dom's Home Cuts. Me, Truman, 90% of the guests we've had on the show have gotten their haircut at Dom's at least once. Or their lifetime customers like me and Truman. So go check him out. Check out his Instagram at D's Home Cuts. You'll find a bunch of videos. If you are a little bit nervous about it, don't be. Dom's Home Cuts is the best place you're going to get a professional cut. It's a personal atmosphere. You feel at home. You feel like you're just hanging out with the boys. Dom's Home Cuts. Go check them out. 
So it is Thursday, so guess what we're going to do? We're going to do some NBA standings. We're going to roll through these real quick just to keep you updated. A couple of teams have already clinched playoff spots. We'll start with that. We'll start with the East. Truman's not here. Bucks still have that first seed. They clinched that. They clinched the playoff spot. They didn't clinch the first seed. Uh, the Raptors also clinched a playoff spot there in the second seed, three games behind the Bucks. Then it goes uh, Philadelphia and the Pacers are both tied for that third spot. Philadelphia has the tiebreaker right now. Boston has the fifth seed. Brooklyn has the sixth. Detroit has the seventh. And the Heat have the eighth. Um, and the Magic are right there behind the Heat. A uh, couple games back. Back, I believe, uh, from the Heat, about two and a half games back from the Heat. Same with the Hornets at that 12th seed. I mean, at that 10th seed, sorry. But not much has changed there. Um, again, it is 6:30 on Thursday, March 14th. So that's as as up to date as I can get with the standings. Uh, we'll go to the West. The Warriors still have that number one seed. They've been falling down a little bit the last couple of weeks. You know, they lost to the Suns a couple uh, nights ago, but they bounced back last night with a big win over the Houston Rockets, 106 to 104. A uh, huge game for them to get, uh, and definitely is going to help their playoff chances and sort of remind NBA fans who the boss is in the NBA. Uh, number two, we still have Denver. They're a game and a half back from Golden State. Uh, the Thunder are number three, Houston's four, Trailblazers five, Spurs six, seven, Utah Jazz, and eight, Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, closest team, the ninth seed is the Kings. They are about four and a half games back. And the Lakers are uh, the 11th seed, but I think the Lakers are done. But that's it for NBA standings. Just a quick uh, you know, run through with that. I think that's... Going to heat up here again. The last couple weeks have been heating up. Uh, the Warriors-Rockets game last night was a big-time primetime game. Um, we're going to have a lot more of those over the next couple of uh, uh, weeks and months coming up for the playoffs. But that's it for basketball. Uh, we'll talk one storyline with baseball, then we got a quick MMA Conor McGregor story. We'll wrap it up with that. Uh, Tim Tebow was assigned yesterday to the AAA camp with the Mets. One level down from major league level, he's going to reach the majors. If you don't think Tim Tebow is going to reach the majors, then you don't know sports. At the end of the day, no matter how good of a baseball player he is, no matter how bad of a baseball player he is, it still sells tickets. Signing Tim Tebow sells tickets. Um, You're going to want to go to that first MLB debut. You're going to want to see Tim Tebow go play. Major League Baseball. I mean, you look at the numbers from the last couple of seasons where he's been in minor leagues, their ticket sales go through the roof. Me, Truman, and Brian actually made a trip out to Akron this year just to watch him play. We made a special trip out to there. I love going to minor league baseball games. I think that's really fun. But majority of the time, most average fans aren't going to go watch um, a minor league baseball game unless they just really have nothing else to do or they have a family and you know it's cheap family fun but tim tebow sells tickets he brings fans he puts butts in seats a lot of guys a lot of people he has a huge following behind him a lot of people love tim tebow me personally included into that uh so he's going to be moved to triple a camp and he's going to start at AAA, I believe. And I guarantee you he makes the majors by the end of this season. He was close last year. I bet you he would have made it. But I think this year we're going to see Tim Tebow make it to the major leagues. All right, last story. Conor McGregor. He was arrested for stealing a phone 
at a nightclub in Miami Beach. I guess what the story is from the guy who did it, again, you never know with these type of things. The guy is going to look at like the victim, but it could be you know one of these you know stories that it's completely different from what the victim actually said. Uh, so basically what happened was the victim said he went out. It's in Miami Beach. It was in a nightclub. He went up to Conor McGregor to take a picture with him, and I guess he even admitted he was sort of shoving his phone in his face, trying to get a picture, but I guess one of the security guards grabbed the phone, Conor McGregor took the phone, threw it on the ground, stomped on it, picked it up, put it in his pocket, and left. Uh, The person did not like that. Obviously, I don't think anybody would like that. Any phone users today, especially with how addicted we're becoming with our phones, uh, people wouldn't like that. But he was charged... Uh, with strong arm robbery, and his court date is set for April 10th. He's off probation, so he doesn't have to worry about that from the bus incident. But strong arm strong arm robbery seems like a pretty strong charge for somebody who just took a phone. Maybe not, you know. Maybe he did take it. He stomped on it, and then he took it. But still, I feel like strong arm robbery is a little bit strong for. You know, Conor McGregor stealing a phone from somebody who was trying to take a picture of him. I get it. If I'm a professional athlete, I think that would get annoying really fast. Guys taking pictures of you, you know, trying to get pictures with you, swarming you. That would get annoying. And Conor McGregor has this sort of, you know, don't care attitude. Uh, this sort of alpha dog attitude about him. And, I mean, that's the, probably the last guy in the world I'd want to try and take a picture of without you know, asking him first. So Conor McGregor, court date set for April 10th. We'll give you some updates on that. He's a legend. The legend of Conor McGregor continues to grow. And the same uh, same could be said with TNT Sports Talk Podcast. That's the end of our show today. Uh, we ask that you go onto iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. Give us a five-star rating wherever you find us. Write reviews, subscribe, download our episodes. Thank you to D's Home Cuts for continuing to sponsor the show. Their continued sponsor uh, sponsorship is much appreciated. 100 episodes through. They've been there almost since the beginning. Dom was our first guest we've ever had on, I believe, with our fourth or fifth episode. And he continues to support the show uh, every single chance he gets. Check check out to check us out also on 12OunceSports.com and GrandOldSports.com. You can check us out anytime at GrandOldSports.com. But uh, 12 Ounce will be on from 7 to 8 a.m. tomorrow on Friday. So listen in on your way to work. Uh, follow us also on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk 1 2. That's where you can send us questions, comments, concerns about anything you want to talk about. If you want to be a guest on the show, send us a DM. If you have questions about the show, send us a DM. If you have ideas about the show, DM, DM, DM. It's always open. Uh, Instagram. Yeah, we've been struggling with that the last couple of weeks. We were finally just willing we got to we sat down yesterday willing to work it out and try to get it back up but sadly as you well know instagram and facebook something happened yesterday where they were both sort of shut down but uh we are going to get that back on we're going to get that back on within a couple of days here uh so look for that but other than that have a great day tune in on tuesday A lot of free agent names are still out there. Not huge names, but there are some solid names still out there. And uh, I guarantee we're going to have some crazy NFL news the last couple, the next couple of days over the weekend. So we'll be back on Tuesday to help sort of clear it up and break it down for you. Thanks for listening again. Tune in on Tuesday. Have a great day, guys. Have a great weekend. Uh, Enjoy. Thanks, guys.